0: Gavin Wood's Podcast, proudly brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.
1: Hi, this is Chuggy here, and uh, you're listening to Gavin Wood's
0: Podcast. Concert tour promoter, manager, businessman, Australian entrepreneur, founder of the Frontier Touring Company, Michael Chug Entertainment, Chug Music, joint venture with Mushroom Entertainment, And, of course, uh, Frontier Touring with all those great acts with Michael Godinski, The Police, Madonna, Guns N' Roses, Elton John. I could go on. Michael Chug is synonymous with some of the biggest tours to have come to this country. And he's on the line right now. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Gavin. Lovely to be here. Mate, it's great to talk to you. We go back uh, just a couple of years. Yeah. Quite a few, eh? Yeah. Now, tell me, I first remember you as the guy on the mic at the live shows yelling, hey, you pricks up the back, behave. Yeah, that's right. Stop pushing, stop running, all that stuff. <laughs> Always in control. I, I love that. I thought, wow, he's taking the MC job into a whole new era. Well, it was
1: about kids' safety, you know. It was like if, if we could slow down them fainting and collapsing and being squashed for an hour, that was something that needed to be done you know
0: well being a promoter mate you've got to put everything on the line you know you've got to take the punt you're so courageous and and every tour you don't know whether you're going to win or lose correct oh well, yeah pretty much it, it it takes big kahunas i can tell you that some of the awards that you've been given over the years like the poll stars international promoter of the year four times Two-time Best Promoter, International Live Music Conference, 2019. You got the ARIA Icon Award. Yeah. You won Billboard, Helpman, Country Music and Music uh, Expo Awards. Yeah. And uh, in 1998, you got the Gong from the Queen, the Member of the Order of Australia. Yeah. How good was that for you?
1: That was pretty special. I mean, I think I was the second music industry person behind Molly to get it. So it was pretty special, Gavin.
0: So uh, Michael Chug AM, has got a nice ring to it, hasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, a lot of more people have got it this, these days, but,
0: you know, it's special. Not only did you get it for uh, the music industry work and the touring and all of that, but you also got it for your philanthropic work too, your charity work. You've raised millions of dollars with Live Earth, Sound Relief and Wave Aid. Not bad for a boy from Launceston.
1: Yeah, no, they, those shows were huge. I mean... Uh, Really, the, the that side of it for the AM was, uh, you know, 25, 30 years of the trustee and running the Golden State Foundation lunches in Sydney and the golf days where we raised money and uh, we, um, you know, supported children's charities before it was fashionable. I mean, it went way back into the 80s and uh, it was pretty special. I mean uh you know we helped uh like the the clock ear which is around these days we our money was the original money that researched that uh his name is Shepherd here in Sydney, researched and developed that uh that that whole product which is now you know saving so many people's hearings and makes people's lives a lot better. So we were very proud of that. The Golden State was a huge thing. And then, of course, the charity concerts were, you know, needed at the time. We recently did one for the, uh, for the all the punters in Lismore that were flooded out. We ran a big concert in Lismore with support of the New South Wales and uh, state governments where... You know, uh, all the punters had been slutted out to get free tickets by applying, and we had Grinspoon and Paul Kelly and Shepard and Lime Cordial and John Stevens, Daryl Bracewaite and others give their time and play on a very rain sodden ground in Lismore about four weeks ago, five weeks ago. So we're mm. still doing it where it's needed. I think the best, biggest one was the one where Gidinski got involved and we did... Um, sound relief at the MCG and the Sydney Cricket Ground on the same day. That was pretty special. special.
0: Speaking of uh, Michael Godinski, that was a very sad time and you had to stand up and be very strong.
1: Yeah, I just wanted, you know, there was... Yeah, I mean, it was really a big shock for us and uh, I spoke to him the night before, you know, and it really... When Frank Stavala, I had all these un, I had all these messages at 6 a.m. in the morning to ring Frank Stavala, and I didn't think it'd be anything like the news I got, so it was pretty bad. And you know, at the at the funeral, I did assure everybody, and it wasn't really my position to do it, but somebody had to tell everybody their jobs were safe and that life was going to go on, you know.
0: Because during the pandemic, uh, you and Michael uh, kept everybody on staff.
1: Well, Michael kept everybody on staff. I'd done the JV. So, you know, for two years, Michael paid everybody and kept everybody on staff. And, of course, uh, he created, you know, all the television and streaming events. And it was incredible what he did. And, you know, uh, we owe so much to Michael. And... Of course he he lives on. yeah he was a uh,
0: like yourself a, both of you pioneers and visionaries and and uh, God knows we need more of those coming up through the ranks, don't we?
1: Yeah, yeah well, there's a lot of great people coming through I mean especially a lot of great women coming through like Susan Hayman who's now the CEO of um, the whole frontier group chugging its entertainment. Um, Regan Stark, who's the head of marketing for the whole Mushroom Group. People like that, um, you know, Annabelle Hurd and Nat Waller at ARIA now. and There's some great people coming through, not just females, but men as well. Oh, that's great. You know, our industry is very strong. We're gaining momentum overseas again now with our Australian music where, you know, we basically shut down for two and a half years. Uh, But the one thing that came out of it was we all learned how to really use the internet.
0: (laughs) Uh, You used it very well with your streaming. How are those millions of streams going?
1: Uh, It's quite unbelievable. You know, last year, Shepard did uh, 120 million streams on Spotify alone. Lime Cordial were just under 100 million. Uh, 120 million, 100 million. Uh, We did about 300 million on across our Chug Music label last year. It's pretty fantastic, Um, you know. And now we're all learning how to use TikTok and taking advantage of that. But Shepherd, we're averaging three and a half thousand, sorry, three and a half million dedicated listeners a month. In the last two months, it's gone over four million. So the growth's still there. And, you know, when you've got a band like that who, you know, need airplay and don't get airplay, uh, the streaming is monstrous. And there's people say there's no money in streaming. But I can tell you, when you're doing figures like that, there really is. And, of course, they make a lot out of sync. There's an Australian movie on Netflix at the moment that they uh, have – uh, Geronimo as we just did a new sync with The Coming Home in a Netflix movie. And, you know, the sync world and the streaming world is really something else these days.
0: Well, it's a whole new world. It, it makes the uh, record companies
1: of old look very tame, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a different world. I mean, most of the artists these days are making the money. You know, which is why we set up Chug Music in the first place, so that the acts uh, uh, would get a hundred percent of the the, the monies, um, and uh, you know, then we license like we've got Shepherd with Decca Universal now. They're recording their fourth album. Uh, Mia Rodriguez, the young girl we discovered on TikTok. Oh, she's,
0: she's good. I, yeah, I saw she's her. She's a
1: pop label. Oh, yeah. pop. We did a JV with Atlantic in New York, and mm-hmm. she's about to go and pick up. Like, at the moment, she's exploding in China. Wow. Well, that's a big market. Yeah. Biggest... So, you know, we've been putting a lot of time into Asia, and, you know, for many, many years, the only way you could have a hit in Asia was to have a hit in America or England. These days, there's a lot of Australian artists got their own careers in Asia. Yeah, well, you've got
0: Chug Music Asia with Mick Delante up there, so uh, good, strong foundation.
1: He's doing all right, Nick, yeah. It's good to have somebody like that up there. Not
0: bad for a boy from Launceston. How did you get your start, Chuggy?
1: Oh, I ran a, a dance. It's quite well documented. I ran a dance for my local cycling club to make some, raise some money. Ah, uh, amateur cycling, you know, and uh, we raised, uh, I think, eighty pounds. And you know, I loved music, and it was a great thing to do.
0: Was it a, uh, was it a trip out of Launceston to get to the Big Island?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I made a couple of trip. I made a few trips over. I'd met different people, like the late Ron Blackmore, who was a big mentor of mine. Uh, and you know, I became a tour director for Dainty through Ron Blackmore as the years went on. But I'd met all them and uh, I used to make trips to Melbourne. Whenever I'd had a few, Bob, I'd go over and, you know, one night you'd see the Rolling Stones and Royalists and the Palais and the next night you'd see The Who and Manford Man at Festival Hall. So I'd go over and I'd visit all those people and, um, you know, I met Kudinsky in their offices at Ambo. He was a, working as a helping Bill Joseph, he was just a boy. This is back in the days of the chain. This is the late 60s when Sebastians and Birdies and The Catcher and Thump and Tum were the big gigs around town. And Yeah, you know, him and Browning started a company called Consolidated Rock and had the chain and Billy Thorpe and a New Zealand band called Compulsion and Mick Rogers' Bulldog and there are a lot of, you know, that whole rock era. Healing mm, mm. Force with that amazing Golden Miles. Uh,
0: my favourite
1: song. Yeah, it still is a lot of people's favourite song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now, in your book, your book's a great read, by the way.
0: Hey, you and the black T-shirt. I love the title. Uh, you've got to tell me, uh, how did you handle the riders of, of, of some of the international tours? What what were some of the extreme riders you, you had to deal with?
1: Oh, you know, they were the, probably the biggest, most extreme one was on Roth Arena when Fleetwood Mac wanted a medieval tent with a 40-foot dining table full of roast pigs and roast lambs and, you know, the most exotic drinks you'd never heard of in your life. And, of course, they never went in there once. The roadies and the loaders were having great late-night feeds, I can tell you.
0: Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives since 1934. Visit tobinbrothers.com.au.
1: Hi, this is Chuggy here, and uh, you're listening to Gavin Wood's podcast. Now, tell me about the the beer bottles and the caps. Oh, that was in Sydney on the first night of Rock Arena. You know, Heineken was a very, very expensive drink back then, and... uh, uh, you know, we had a couple of cases of Heineken in their dressing room and I went, as I did before all the shows, I'd go and check everything and I walked into the dressing room and all the bottles were open with, and the bottle tops had disappeared and they were being used on stage for certain substances. <laughs> <laughs> well, And I, I yelled at their tour the director and told him we could have bought a a gross of bottle tops for about a pound. You know, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's, that's insane. Any other writers that come to mind?
1: Oh, yeah, you know, Van Halen and no, uh, what was it? No no Brown Smarties or... Was that Van Halen, or, was it? Oh. I think it was Van Halen, oh, yeah. No Brown Smarties. Yeah, that was one of them or no purple ones or something.
0: I'm sure, they, uh, I'm, I'm sure they get bored, Chuggy, and they just sit there and go, let's fuck up this promoter down in Australia and do a couple of outrageous things.
1: Well, no, no, it was pretty general around the world, those riders. they, You'd get their riders and they'd be made for, you know, uh, America where they'd be, you know, there'd be requests for all these meals after the shows which would go on the tour buses and things. So we'd have to go through all that and... Yeah, you know, cut stuff out of riders and explain why, because obviously tour buses were never and still are not a thing in this country. Mm-hmm. You
0: spend a lot of time overseas pushing uh, your acts and Australian music, which we all appreciate and love that you do. Um, what's What's one of the best concerts you've ever seen? Oh,
1: what, from Australian acts? Australian, overseas? Oh, yeah. Look, I mean... You know, it's very there's you, it's very hard. I mean, I saw Billy Joel at uh, at Madison Square Garden about five weeks ago. He was unbelievable. And uh, you know, I've seen shows there, like obviously the Elton John farewell Yellow Brick Road shows we did here just before the pandemic. I mean, we did what forty four concerts, and they yeah. were they yeah, were unbelievable. Me.
0: Tell me your thoughts when you saw the big thunder clouds coming in, and you had to had to uh, stop the show.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we won't get into that one. That's still a bit of a fucking nightmare. That one. It's, it still hurts a bit, huh? <laughs> yeah, no. It was amazing. I mean, we've been through that before. I mean, I remember we did Bon Jovi at Eastern Creek, and and uh, one day, and. Uh, This storm came through and absolutely soaked everything and we were all sitting backstage with hair dryers that we'd got off the punters. And John and Richie and those guys, they were all sitting there too, drying all the gear out with hair dryers. You know, the show must go on. Mate, I remember the uh,
0: Rolling Stones back in the 70s up at Milton Tennis Courts in Brisbane and it rained all day. Yeah, yeah. And there was water all over the stage. They had a little canopy over the stage. Yep. And, and God loved Mick Jagger. He came out and he said, it's pretty dangerous out here, but we're going to sing a couple of songs. And, yep. they, did, and they did half an hour songs. They could have electrocuted themselves back yep. then. It wasn't that sophisticated like it is now. Yep. And and they did a half a dozen songs. The Crowd was happy. And uh, it was just, it, it blew my mind that day.
1: Yeah, no, incredible, wasn't it?
0: yeah yeah just amazing now um the big acts like billy joel coming to the mcg did you have a hand in that
1: well i was oh, i helped talk him into doing it and that's one of the reasons i was at mad square five weeks ago
0: right
1: you know i have a very long relationship with billy and certainly with all his crew and everything so i was only to you know obviously i'm part of all that with mm. my jv these days so i was Only too happy to be involved and, uh, you know, give it a give him, make sure, you know, they were happy to come. Mm -hmm. But Billy's in fine form. He's lost 25 kilos. He's really in great. The voice was incredible. It's going to be a very, very big night.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it. I saw Billy on the uh, the Brian Johnson show where he interviewed him in uh, in Billy's uh, motorcycle shop.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was just sensational, wasn't it? Yeah, they're very close. All those guys. Mm, I can imagine. Now, mate, uh, your musical roster is 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 very interesting musically, and I, I just love it. I I would say when you look at Shepherd, uh, Lime Cordial, and also Casey Barnes, and now and then you've got Shepherd with uh, Sammy. Uh, doing Somebody Like You and Mia Rodriguez. It's it's a really interesting roster. I
1: love it. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's very diverse. And, you know, the great thing, all our artists are really lovely people, which is very special for us. I mean, Amy and George Shepherd are uh, currently they're in Actually, they're in Nashville today. They're writing with Morgan Evans today. Okay. They've been in L.A. writing uh, with some of the biggest writers in the world. And we have no problems with getting some of the great hit writers to write with Shepard because Shepard writes great music. So it's a very good roster and we're very excited. We've got another young guy from Melbourne called Jackson Hmm. who's breaking very big in Asia at the moment. And we've got a young Queenslander called Mason Watts who's doing very well. We're just, you know... Amy Shepherd has released her first country single, which has got to number five on the national country charts here. Hmm. And uh, we have a new single coming in September and then an EP. And she's done a few shows around Tamworth, and uh, she's riding with country people in Nashville for the next 10 days. So we're really trying to expand it. Lime Cordial start their uh, four-time postponed European tour uh, Friday night in Amsterdam. We've got two sold-out shows at the famous Paradiso in Amsterdam to start the tour. And they're basically away till November.
0: Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.
1: Hi, this is Chuggy here, and uh, you're listening to Gavin Wood's podcast. I
0: tell you what, I'm really into Casey Barnes. I I think that his... his uh, the sound of his stuff is, is, is groundbreaking. I think it's, 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 it's a new sound for country.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, there's, uh, it's quite interesting because uh, uh, today uh, I got an email from uh, one of the people who looks after all our digital stuff in America. Hmm. And, you know, she's uh, Casey's getting a lot of trying to find it now. A lot of ads on uh, God took his time and, some of the other number ones he's had here over there, and uh, you know, they're, they're, he's crossing over into playlists of Eric Church and people like that. Mm, good, uh, good. Those big yeah. American acts. Which, yeah, he's very strong, and uh, we're continuing to release singles. The COVID held him up in America, but he's uh, heading to America in end of September to do more writing and also. Uh, to do some shows. So we're very happy with uh, the way all that's going. Well
0: mate, I tried ha- I tried hard to keep up with Gudinsky, but I don't think I can keep up with you. You've got so much going on.
1: Oh you know, mushrooms are pretty hot at the moment with the new Barnes album and the yeah. new Chris Cheney album both making top tens pretty hot.
0: Oh, it's amazing. So uh, yeah. so the future is in good hands. Uh, mate, I've I've got a few questions to ask, if you don't mind. Go for All it. All right. Who inspired you to uh, get into the music business?
1: Oh, uh, I suppose, you know, I was always into music. I grew up on music. I mean, my dad had friends in the American Army who he'd been with during World War Two, who used to send him. Uh, I remember at the young age of two or three listening to, you know, the flower drum song and the latest Sinatra and the latest... Woody Herman and the latest uh, Goodwin and all those right. yeah. things. And then my auntie, and I never ever found out where she got them, but when I was like eight years old, she had all the Sun Records, all the singles. Oh. I remember listening, you know, with the holes in the middle. Yes, yeah. I remember sitting in her bedroom down at her father's house listening to Heartbreak Hotel and listening to the first Cash songs and the Chet Atkins and the Gary Lee Lewis's yeah. and all that. And that was, you know, I was another nine. I, I went to see Elvis the movie the other night and it reminded me that when I was nine years old, I used to make guitars out of cardboard and broomsticks and slick my hair and become Elvis. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, went to, I went, I saw Love Me Tender 32 times. Incredible. What did you think of the Elvis movie? I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty uh, accurate. Uh mm-hmm. he he sort of, you know, some things were very quickly dealt with where other things were probably dragged out a bit, but I thought it was very accurate and uh you know, it's it's certainly in the bad style of wham bam thank you ma'am, but right. I didn't mind it at all. Oh good. Now Chuggy, what have you learned? over
0: this, uh, over the last 50 years of your musical journey?
1: Well, if you believe in something, you never stop believing in it. You keep working at it. You keep banging your head against the wall and eventually the wall falls down. And, I mean, it's the same with Australian music overseas. You know, my memories go back to the early 70s, you know, sitting around swimming pools in, in regional America with Ganinski and on the road with Sports or Jojo Zepp or... And, you know, it's like just working it and getting so close all the time. And, you know, I managed the church for years and I decided I wanted to get out of management. And then about three months after I got out of management, Milky Way Tonight became a number one worldwide hit. (laughs) Timing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that is really you got to if you believe in something you work it and you do it and the other thing is that I I, I like dealing with nice people
0: right well I've I've, I've seen a podcast and, and you mentioned that uh, if you've got a show and it's not selling you persevere with it you don't you don't go back to the artist and say look it's not selling you have to bring your fee down you keep working and working and working and working until it until it goes
1: yeah, well, Michael and I, that's how we ran Frontier and that's how we continued to run things. You never gave up. And, you know, yeah, you know, many, many times we'd have the managers or even the artists come up to us and say, look, you guys are amazing. You know, we know you're losing a fortune, but you're not cutting corners. You're treating us with respect. You're, you know, you're really incredible people. And, you know, occasionally, like, I'll walk around and I might have a Simon and Garfunkel T-shirt on and someone will go, oh, that's a great-looking T-shirt. And I'd go, yeah, it only cost me 750 grand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking of Simon and Garfunkel and that, that concert in Central Park, I mean, if if you could have had a, a turnstile there selling tickets, you would have made a fortune. But that was a free concert.
1: Yeah, well, I wouldn't mind the merch concession.
0: Yes, that would have been good.
1: That was one of the interesting things about the Elvis movie where, you know, uh, as soon as he started to hit, the old Colonel was selling merch like you wouldn't believe.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's an important part of touring and has been for quite some time, you know, because... It's,
1: it's the most important, one of the most important parts. Now, it can make the difference for an artist, mm. uh, like the, the Slime Cordial American, European, UK run that's coming up. You know, you, you're breaking even on your fees, and you're making your money out of your merch.
0: Mm, mm. Well,
1: you know, yeah, yeah.
0: Like
1: it, it it there is a you know there's a lot of income streams that we've all learnt about over the years, and are still learning about.
0: Yeah,
1: I was on a Zoom before this with uh, uh, neighbouring rights people about you know how we get some of our monies out of. England that we haven't been getting because the English shacks aren't getting it out of Australia and things like that. So you never stop learning.
0: Yeah. Hey, Chuggy, uh, name three dinner guests, dead or alive.
1: Oh, John Lennon, Elvis Presley, Billy and Elton, four there. That, well, that would be lively. I'd love to be a oh, fan of Jimmy Buffett there. would make it too, I reckon.
0: Oh, hasn't he done good with those retirement villagers?
1: Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, mate, he's made a fortune. We were walking through Brisbane about seven or eight years ago, coming home from dinner one night, and he started telling me about that. We were actually joking about starting one in Thailand where you'd, and this is very uncool, where you'd get a bag of dope every month. And, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> A new girlfriend every six months. <laughs> mate, it be full in a week. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but that Margarita—he's yeah,
1: no, done really well, Jimmy, with the whole thing, the whole hamburger in paradise, all that stuff. I yeah, mean, and, the... and he is a lovely, lovely person.
0: Well, mate, I'd love to live in Margaritaville. It would be probably sensational.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong about that.
0: Now, Chuggy, what's the most trouble you've ever gotten into?
1: Oh, uh, I've been pretty lucky, mm-hmm. really. Oh, good. We don't
0: have to go any further then.
1: Yeah. No, I had a bad car accident in LA one night, which uh, oh god, was quite horrendous. And um, how long ago you know, was that? Oh, that was way back twenty oh, over twenty years ago.
0: Right.
1: I was having a heart attack outside the the park in the in LA. Um, yeah, I know. It. Wow. Wait, waiting for my friend to pick me up and take me down to the Susan Sinai and he stopped at McDonald's on the way to get a
0: hamburger. No, no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. If you could change anything about the music industry, what would you do?
1: Um. Oh, yeah, there's so much. I mean, I think, you know, one of the our biggest problems in this country is still uh, even though radio, people say radio is not that important anymore, it is. And uh, the the quota of Australian radio, and it the is, support yeah. of our government um, towards uh, you know breaking internationally, the, they're two very very big things for me.
0: With the new government, uh, the uh, the new minister for the arts, I, I think we've got a chance there, haven't we?
1: Yeah, well, as a music guy, and nice. Tony Burke's been amazing, amazing support, and I think in the next. A year or so, a lot of things will get better for us.
0: I hear Tony Burke's got a couple of guitars and a few wah-wah pedals in his office. Yes,
1: I sat there and he, one day, and we had a, he had a jam. It was quite funny.
0: Oh, brilliant. Okay. Final question, Chuggy. What have you learnt and what would you pass on to a young, hopeful musician trying to get into the business?
1: Well, it's all about songs, Gavin, songs. Songs yeah. is the most important thing. I mean, you know, Lime Cordial, it's our 10th anniversary this year. I mean, um, the amount of time that they and Andrew Stone, my partner, put into the songs and, you know, getting like uh, George and Amy Sheppard going to LA for a month to write. And Lime Cordial did it a few months ago and uh, George Sheppard went off to Scandinavia writing. And so for me, it's, it's like, you know, Casey Barnes has had seven number ones, four of them he wrote with a young duo from Nashville. It's all about collaborating. Amy Sheppard's got a, an EP, like her EP coming out. And she's written songs with uh, the Wolf Brothers and Lindsay Rhymes and Phil Barton and all these different people. And uh, th- there's an actual single out at the moment, Nothing But Wild, which is uh, uh, the Wolf Brothers and Amy, you know. And I think it's, mm. it's about the songs. It's about learning yeah. to write songs.
0: Well, that's, that's all I've heard right from when I got into radio. It's all about the song. Yeah, it
1: sure is. Nothing else. Yeah.
0: It's all, it's all about the song and never giving up, which, is, which sums you up to a T, mate. Australian music's in great hands. Love you, Chuggy. No worries. You are a champion, mate. I love you.
1: Talk soon. Thanks, Chuggy. Bye, mate. Bye, mate.
0: Gavin Wood's podcast was thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives.